Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Good morning, everyone. Well, Taz, we certainly have a Greek goddess with us today. Ah, <laughs> how nice. But we really want a Greek god, really. <laughs> well, it's agape. Okay, let me say this again. Stasna, I could say this. Yes, I said it ten times today perfectly, but I get on air and I can't say it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it takes a little time, you know, to get used to these long Greek names. I have many Greek friends, and I, I knew I could pronounce it correctly, and then my tongue got tied. Well, while your sister, Ariana Hoffington, was doing research on her book about Greek mythology, um, you fell in love with gods and goddesses and ignited you to write two books, Conversations mm-hmm. with Goddesses and God and Goddesses in Love, and as well as a one-woman show on PBS special. And you co-produced and co-hosted a documentary called Quest for the Gods, actually shot on location in Greece. While yes. everyone, out th- everyone out there, you're listening to the Taz and Paula show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, today we'll we'll talk about balancing our everyday lives in ways we never thought of before. Agape, like so many of us, came under the soul-constricting influence of the larger world and in her struggle to find her place and her voice, trying to balance an acting career and everything else in her life. There were certainly times she longed for that spiritual life she had dreamed of, and the path did open, and we'll ask her just how that happened in a moment. Agape's incredible book, again, Unbinding the Heart, A Dose of Greek Wisdom, Generosity, and Unconditional Love, illuminates the path she found in order to find her way home to herself. Mm -hmm. Agape was born and raised in Athens, Greece. What a wonderful place to be raised. Yes, yes. You attended the prestigious Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London and afterward became a member of the Young Vic. Uh, Agape then moved to the U.S. to do film and television and later attended the University of Santa Monica where she completed her Master's in Psychology. Um, You speak and conduct seminars worldwide, opening doors for both men and women and empowering them and recognizing their individual gifts and boosting the know-how to create the lives they really want. Well, we love having you here today. It's going to be such a fun interview, Agape. Thank you so much. Is that Taz or Paula? This, well, our voices sound alike. This is Paula. <laughs> and Paula, I'm Taz. Yes. 
Well, now um, I um I we have we are live, right? So our listeners right. are on online at the moment. Yes. Yes, and you know, I just want to tell you, I spoke to 100 women last night about this whole concept of unbinding the heart and uh, and I gave and at the end of my talk, I said, you know, I want to give you because people read books and read books, but basically sometimes we we do the same thing over and over again, and I'm very committed to have people get what they want, feel fulfilled, and basically experience more of their own heart, their love, and aliveness. And I think the only way to do that is to start making microscopic changes. And because we all read books, we all go to seminars, we all go to conferences, and then we go home and we're the same, right? Right. So, I go, what's the point? I mean, nobody should go anywhere anymore. You don't have to do anything. Just start implementing little changes in your life that inspire you. And I give people five tips, okay? May I give them to you now? Oh, sure. sure go ahead. Because I feel in this book, you know, I wrote story after story to tell people how I learned what really makes your life work, what really makes your life um, become more participatory, where you participate more in, in your everyday life with your energy and you don't um, become passive in allowing things to maybe happen, but you take action. And one of the things I say is ask for what you want. Don't try to do it alone. Whether it is you ask God first, you know, your spirit, your you align yourself with the higher power in you, and then you ask your, your friends, you ask your colleagues, you ask who it is what you want, and you take time to really listen to them and you take time to be listened to. And in asking what we want, we also make ourselves worthy to receive. And that's a very important part of what I've brought up in the book and what my mother taught me, which was a master in asking. So the the second thing is to really, I say, make someone else happy, offer something, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling upset, if you're out of sorts, you just allow yourself to make some, give a little something to someone, or it's a smile. Sometimes it is a hug. Sometimes somebody needs to open a door to a new possibility. Someone needs to just talk to you and feel better. Make somebody a little Greek food. You know, do something that enlivens someone. And the other thing, the third point is, how do we manifest what we want? We hold the thoughts of what we want more of. We hold the thoughts till we have them. Part of our bad habits is what we think about ourselves and what we think the worst will happen, and it doesn't. So we have to train our minds to hold the positive thoughts in our minds, in our hearts, and in our lives. The the third thing that I always say is allow people to give to you and give to people so that you have the the giving and the receiving. And most of all is gratitude. Somehow when we are grateful about our lives and grateful for what we have, we can make more things happen. And it's very, very important to tell our stories and to listen to each other's stories because when we do, we we call this the unbinding. We We call this the opening of ourselves. And so we don't live shut off, but we live more um, in our openness, in our own energy. And then all sorts of magical things happen. Mm. There you are. Wow. 
Well, I remember great. I was I was reading your book, and your mother was yes. always giving was always giving things. You even said it to a taxi cab driver. She'd open the 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 glass in between and give them apples or candy, and, and, yes. and really, and that would shock the taxi cab driver. So, yes, 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 exactly. Especially in England, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> So that uh, your your stories in your book were just wonderful examples of how life can be so wonderful and beautiful. Yes, exactly. Well, Agapi, you had brought like thirty-two different personal, heartfelt stories, in that have been in your life into your book. Is there um, a top story that you would like to share with our listeners today? Well, you know, it's like my 32 kids. <laughs> it's like I love them all. Uh, but I do have um, one story that I love. It's called, I mean, I love them all. So i just just picking up one for from the moment. And it is one that's called The Portable Paradise. And uh, it's really about when I was a little girl. I used to play this game with my caretaker. And I used to say, does God see me here and does God see me there? And um, what it was, it was really um, a way of connecting. When you're four, you know, you are you are in that presence. You are in the presence of the divine because you have no veils. And she used to say to me, God can see you everywhere. And, um, you know, you kind of figure, why would a little four-year-old, you know, want to do that? But it was my way of really connecting with that presence with the soul that I say, that I talk a lot about in the book, our soul's presence. And uh, what was really amazing was that as the years went on, I kind of remember that, and I call it my portable paradise, that God is everywhere all the time, but we kind of go amiss and we 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 forget that we are in the presence, that our own breath can connect us. And so over the years... I um, became, uh, you know, more preoccupied with life and the outer things and achieving and my career. And it took me a while to really reconnect with the inner light, to connect with the spirit and to really know where that came from and to really find myself um, in a place of where I can call it and evoke it on, on a daily basis. You know, people in our age, my age group, uh, we're just starting to connect with that now. And I look back in our my life, thinking, oh, wouldn't it have been nice to have been able to do that much earlier? Yes, yes, yes. But you know, aren't we lucky we're doing it now instead of never? <laughs> we have that right? right? Because it's nice to just really have that possibility, you know. Um, from before, because uh, yes, sure, we 2020 vision. You know, I wish I'd known now what I. But we don't. You know, it's the journey of life, and we just get it when we get it. But listen, they say even to experience God at your last breath is a blessing, because so many people just never do, and uh, that's why we have a responsibility. And you're doing this with your show, bringing the knowledge out to as many people as as possible. Well, in one of your chapters, you talked about um, act, uh, taking acting lessons, and um, there was just such a nice, nice example of you had acting 
lessons with this one person for so long and nothing happened. And then another teacher came along and brought the best out in you. Yes. And yes, looking looking back in my life, I can you know when I was reading that chapter, I thought I can think about even bosses that I had or teachers I had. There were the ones who brought the best out of me, and they're always in my memory. So I I think that in a long life you have people that can bring the best out of you. And how do you think we can bring the best out of other people? Well, that's a very good question, actually. That's a wonderful question. I think um, I think it's very important that we um, listen to people because it's more like, you know, you know this chapter that I have is called Your Hidden Agenda? Um, uh-huh. You know, because if we have our agendas of how people should be or what we run, like with your kids, you know, sometimes you say, oh, you should do this or you should be that, and we pressure them to become something that they are not. And, you know, I think allowing the child, allowing the children to be who they are and giving them the space to really um, unfold and find themselves. It's it's not, and my mother used to call it, it's not a mechanical process, you know. It's not something where you actually impose your will on people. Because that's the way to really listen, and that's the way to really uh, you listen with your inner ear, and that's I think the way that we allow people to bring their gifts. Well, I, I, you know, I like that, and I like also your chapter that said there is nothing to fix. <laughs> I like that. You know, I, I too in my past have been kind of a daydreamer and and it's lovely now that I can take that spot of time to do that. Yes. So I really liked your chapter about saying that there is nothing to fix you, bringing in your natural self. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not easy to do, but I think we can all strive to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I think it brings in the creativity of, of who you are and you're able to connect you know, with your natural gifts, and people don't think about that. They, they, you know, try and always do something else, and they're not even happy in their in their work. Many of them. Yes. So, yes. being able to connect, you know, is really a treasure. It really is. And, um, you know, just going throughout your book, you know, you've brought these little piece by piece treasures that people never think about. Exactly, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. How do you connect? How do we connect? With yourself or with others? With others, with connect, you know. How do you find your connection with people? I'm a good listener. Oh, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that brings in a good connection. Um, mm-hmm. Because people feel comfortable in stating their truth to me. Mm. Yeah, I, I because mean, I don't, I, I don't come with judgment. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible. Yes, yeah. suspending the judgments. Yes, that's so beautiful. That's that's, that's profound. Mm-hmm. I think um, people are so judgmental of themselves 
and and so judgmental of each other, and, and they run their agendas, and they try to fix people. I mean, look, I think that's one of the biggest troubles we have in relationships. <clears throat> right. Right? Right, because right. if you marry someone thinking, oh, uh, I can change them, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, just allowing people to be themselves. And you know what? That's an art. It's an art. Um, mm-hmm. That is definitely an art. Just allowing them to express themselves and be themselves. And again, you know, just listening and going from there. Um, enjoying that, enjoying that time that that you're creating together in another way. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and that could become a problem when you're a, a radio host because you're so involved in listening. You forget to ask questions. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yes. Well, kind oh. of, I, I was just thinking, well, how were you as a little girl? I mean, were you always the writer? Were you the actor? I mean, were you... I, I was more I was more the person who was bringing more joy and more creativity and, and making things lighter in my family, you know. And my parents, as you know, write about a lot about my mother's and my father's angst about their separation. And, you know, my father was uh, unfaithful to my mother. And I was the one who kind of tried to take care of everybody and make everybody happy. Did you have to overcome that part of you? Yes, I think um, I I decided that it was really more important that I really kept myself happy and that my happiness can spill over to others. And I think a lot of us women get into the trouble of being the caretaker and really, you know, trying to take care of everybody. You know, and well, I think we deplete our energies, don't you think? Yes. And your mother, um, as you write about her in your book, um, didn't let anything bother, I mean, maybe it did bother her to a certain degree, but didn't let anything bother her long, let's put it that way. She said, radio station, just switch it to another station. <laughs> well, it was more about, um, she took more of command of her own energy and her own um, ability to really change from one, um, to really be more honest with herself, how she was feeling, and then try to really switch. She used to call it change the channel, right? Right. Yeah. And that so, was more... Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, that was more of her ability to really not stay stuck in herself. You know, not because so many people stay stuck. In, in how they are feeling or experiencing disappointment or discouragement. And my mother would just say, you know, move, change the channel, you know, do something different. You know, you're not stuck. You don't have to stay in disappointment all the time. So did that? Did you take that advice along with you when you were a young girl? Yes. I mean, it takes, you know, um, it takes time to really adjust and to adjust your sails, to really know how to navigate your life so that you're not stuck in your negative emotions. I think we all struggle with that. And and you stated, too, that if if you're feeling something, own it. Like if you say, I'm really jealous of you. Yes. Speak it out mm-hmm. and own it. So can you, is that important for us to do? Well, I think we give ourselves permission to really 
if we're not feeling good, to really say it rather. Imagine if you're feeling upset about something. People say, how are you? And you say, great. You know, it's almost like you're doing a disservice to yourself, don't you think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, why is if you're saying, I don't have the right to, to say I'm upset or I'm not feeling good or whatever it is that you are feeling, you know? Um I think it's just very important in honors, taking ownership, claiming it of how we feel, because if we claim it, um, you know, it's like being in the in the sea and the sea is turbulent, and you say, "How are you? The sea is great. It's calm. It's not. It's turbulent." You know, <laughs> and and they fasten your seatbelts. You know, it's like whatever life gives us. I think it's very important to just be in balance by just owning what it is, and then you stay in balance. But if you're in denial, then you really, um, you're you're in a way suppressing your own energy. Mm-hmm. I think that's just very very important. I'm going to read you my last paragraph of my book because I think it creates a, it has a big key of how um, the the importance of what I think life is about. And it says, before the inexplicable mystery of the universe, we are all the village fools. But in our choice to reveal our hearts to ourselves and to each other, we can all be masters and healers. We can be each other's pathfinders, hold the ladder for each other to climb higher than we can alone, open doors that we cannot open on our own, be each other's lighthouses on our journey home, and realize that we are safe and never alone. And then our life on earth can be transformed. Wow. That's profound. Yeah, if we all could, if we could all live that way, I mean, we could change the energy of our whole environment. Exactly. 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 Well, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's just like climb, holding the ladder so that others can climb higher. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you know you don't have any um, hold on mm-hmm. where you want someone else to go. And you're just allowing them to grow and develop, and, and that's beautiful. It really is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it mm-hmm. it gives back to you um, when you help other people uh, grow. I think you actually receive as much as the other person is growing by just helping mm-hmm. that growth. Exactly. Well, well, exactly. I mean, that's why I don't know. Are you are you mothers or you do you have yes. children? Yes. yes, well, you know the joy of that, right? I have nieces, and to just be there for them and see them grow um, is amazing. You know, it's really the most rewarding thing. Right? Well, right, it is. We want to let everybody know that uh, we're talking to Agape Strasnopoulos. See, I said it correctly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and we're talking about your newest book, On Binding the Heart, a dose of Greek wisdom, generosity, and unconditional love. And in fact, your first name means unconditional love. Exactly. I think, I think that's wonderful. And you're living out your who you are, unconditional love. Unconditional love. We're not. I'm not always. I'm not always hitting the mark, but I'm. I'm aiming towards something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I know also, we all. We all try. You know. We are all aiming to. Be because it's a better way to live. It's very selfish, actually, to be unconditional. So yes, I wanted is. to ask you um, to tell our listeners that they can log in on unbindingtheheart.com, is my website, 
and they can order the book from Amazon. You know, um, they will have it in two days. And also, in in the Unbinding the Heart, I have many clips of um, all my shows that I've done and videos. And I also um, have all my interviews that I've done they can listen to. And I have tips. And uh, I also have a wonderful Facebook page uh, that's called Unbinding the Heart that they can go and become part of my tribe. And I post pictures and I post videos and it's just a wonderful way to um, participate in the Unbinding the Heart tribe, you know, encourage people to tell their stories and and really uh, unfold that way. And actually, our our show is in in San Jose, California, and, and you're going to be here in San Jose March 17th and 18th, uh, at the San Jose Center for Performing Arts. With I know, the, uh, it's the, the Hay House. Yeah, Hay House. And uh, it's it's a conference. It's I Can Do It, Ignite. And that goes perfectly with your book that you wrote and everything that you're saying. This, I mean, it's, you're a perfect speaker for this conference, let me tell you. Oh, that <laughs> is so wonderful. Thank you so much. You ladies are so lovely and and I hope you come to the conference. It's going to be an amazing conference with 20 authors. And uh, everybody's going to bring their gems of their wisdom. And uh, and I'm going to talk about Unbinding the Heart. I'm going to tell my stories. I'm going to sign my books. I'm going to have tons of books there. People can buy the book. They can say hello to me. Um, we can have a moment together. So I want to encourage uh, all your listeners, please, please come. It's going to be you are going to be transformed at that conference. I mean, the people that are coming are just amazing. I'm speaking on the 17th at uh, 2.30. I think it's 2 or 2.30 on the 17th. You'll see Agape Stasinopoulos unbinding the heart. And I just it will mean the world to me to, to meet you. Will you come? Are you coming, Taj and Paula? We yes, are. we're going to. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Make sure Louise you say Hay. hello to me. Oh, we yes, will. We'll Louise. come up and say hi. Louise and Hay Louise Hay is amazing. going to be there. Yes, yeah, she's going to be speaking, and Dr. Wayne Dyer. Everybody knows Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, Cheryl Richardson, uh, uh, Michael Chase, Michael Elson. I mean, there's just so many different speakers. Oh, and yes. It's, oh, yes. It's going to be – it's really one of the most high highest attending because there are so many of their authors that are coming, and it's usually you don't get everybody – together like that, you know. So it, uh, when you're there speaking, you're going to be speaking about, of course, your your new book and what we've been talking about today. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, I have another question of Agape. <laughs> yes. I, you know, Agape, when, as people go through their lives and they're thinking about the special way that they'd like to live it and and so their heart begins to sing so they can really f- feel connected to what they're doing. Right. Can you please take the time to tell us how your heart was connected for where you were younger and what was the connection that really that shot you into the direction of what you're doing now? Um, well, you know, I I found my spiritual path uh, through... Um, my teacher, I have a teacher that I study with. His name is John Roger from the Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness. And I met my teacher when I was 23. I went through yoga classes, and I had a spiritual awakening where I experienced the light. 
and I experienced the connection with the divine. And um, I went to a retreat with Baba Muktananda, and um, I met um, an actress there by the name of Lee Taylor Young, who was absolutely wonderful, and she introduced me to my spiritual teacher. I met my spiritual teacher, and I got very involved in the path of unfolding and finding myself and doing a lot of seminars, insight seminars, doing also University of Santa Monica, which is a spiritual psychology course. And uh, in connecting with all that and the spiritual energy that came through my teacher and through the courses that I took, I started to go through a healing process of my hurts and my what I call uh, the woundedness that I think I had and I think we all have. And in the healing of that and the light that came in and the awareness, I started to become more whole. I started to grow, mature, uh, go through life's experiences. And then I experienced at some point that I really was much more than a body and emotions and mind, that I had a soul. And my soul started to connect in my life. And once I connected, I became much more uh, open. I became more loving because the nature of our soul is loving. And in that experience of being with um, more of myself, I call it more of the multidimensional aspects, I also connected with the parts of me that were very human, very ordinary, that that I call the little girl, the inner child. So we are a little bit of everything. You know, we are we are children and we are divine and we are powerful and we are at times vulnerable and it's it's really a gamut it's a tapestry of life it's not one thing but when we tap and connect with the spiritual energy we can go through everything much easier mm-hmm. and more and, and it, it it sort of like tra- starts to transform our lives and i think the time on the planet is really a time where spirit is coming in very powerfully and people who are fighting the spirit are having a harder time when you go with the spirit, then you are allowing the spirit, the bigger part, the giant spirit, the, the spirit that is in us, in our breath, to really make our life much more magical, much more easier, and we cooperate with our own spirit. And I think really that, when it comes down to the awareness of where do you find your spirit and where do you connect with your spirit, because at that point when you do then you have a much more, um, you you start to perceive your life differently and your wants become very different. I hope that made sense of what I explained. I, I did, I, and I liked your answer, but I'm questioning how did you pick up that pen? How did you become that writer? And was it automatically something that you did on a regular daily basis, or, or you know, some? It, was it for nurturing yourself that you wrote, or what? What took place? Well, you know, I was asked to write the first book, and it wasn't easy at all. And I have a whole chapter in the book that's called "Finding Your Voice," or where everything was really closed for me. But at some point, I really. Um, started to trust that I was not alone and my confidence came from a place of where I allowed my inner creativity to come through and I started to to write and I started to read a lot and as I was reading I would write and it was um it was a dance it didn't come uh, like easy for me but the more 
I wrote, and I have to tell you that I write through speaking. I speak a lot of my thoughts. I speak them in a tape recorder. I'm speaking to somebody because, and I encourage people if they have a book or something to really speak it because in speaking it, uh, because I'm a performer and I started acting, um, it's easier for me. It's easier to speak it than to just write. And then I edit. Once I have it, I take it in front of me and I start to edit. But um, I wrote uh, poetry and it, it came from inside of me because I think my soul is really a poet and an artist and it started to pour out of me. And um, it was it's the most heavenly feeling because it comes from within. When we give ourselves permission to open up, it just starts to come from within. And... Um, I say to people, just write. Don't judge it. Don't let your inner critic, because you don't know what's in there. You just keep writing. And in that writing, all sorts of wonderful things can happen. But um, for me, it was a process. My second book about the gods, I remember telling my agent, I don't have anything to write about the gods. They're boring. And <laughs> I just, one day, I just decided, oh, there's got to be something there. And I, so I sat down, and there I was with the gods and the goddesses. And it's almost like they start to speak in you. And uh, and you don't block it. You know, it's just like life happens when we don't block it. And all sorts of wonderful things started to happen because I was allowing the creativity in me to come forward. When you were doing that, did you see other aspects of your life um, opening up also? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I was able to be less fearful and less doubtful. And I was able to connect more with myself and with others. And I think I just started to experience more joy in my life. Well, it's almost like know, being in love. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say? It's like being in love when you first, you know, you start, you meet somebody and you're in love. Everything looks more colorful. Everything's more beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So you fell in love with yourself. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, my God, that's so beautiful what you just said. That's so beautiful, exactly. Well, you know, I, I know that a lot of times when you speak, like into the tape recorder, and you go back and you read your words that you've written, it's like, did I re- did I really write that? Yes, exactly, <laughs> it's almost, exactly. It's almost a shock, like, oh, I'm relearning yes, <laughs> what exactly. I really spoke, you know. It's exactly. Good. Oh, that is so true. That is so yeah. true. Yeah. We've had guests say that uh, they've sat down and read their own book, and so somebody else wrote it, and they've learned from what they they actually wrote. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Is that the truth? I, I, I learned because then you relive it, you know, and the importance of how it is important to relive something. Yeah. yeah. I have to ask you something. I have it down that um, we are half an hour show, and I have another show. I'm so sorry. I have another radio show that I'm doing in five minutes. How oh, are we doing for time? Well, you're going over the half hour. We thought we had you for an hour. But um, we I have it let- 30 minutes here. Is that all right? Yes, we'll let you go, and we can find some <laughs> things to talk about, well, certainly. <laughs> Thank uh, you for may I, may for I, in closing, may I just read you my first, my, the beginning, the, paragra- the last paragraph of my preface, which I really love? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay, this is very important of why I wrote this book and basically why I was able to 
understand what the book meant to me and what the unbinding process is. And I said there are no seven or eight simple steps to unbind our hearts, but there is one choice that we all have, and this is our golden opportunity in every moment of every day, whatever small or big challenges it brings. Do I shut down, or do I choose to open up one more time even deeper? In this book, I share with you some of the experiences that led me to that knowledge. I'm sharing my stories with you in the greatest hope that I can help a few others' hearts loosen the knots that bind them. I saw how everyone, every single person, has a story that holds the truth of their heart. And these stories need to be heard. We need to tell our stories as much as we need to listen to others. And that is how our hearts unbind. With a simple message, you matter, my heart hears yours. So think about this for a moment. How would your life be if you lived with a heart fully open and free and you knew that your story mattered? Think about this for a moment as you come and sit down with me. Imagine we're sitting under an olive tree on a midsummer afternoon, sharing a Greek picnic of olives, feta cheese, fresh garden tomatoes, home-baked bread, a wonderful chilled Greek wine, some watermelon and some grapes, and sharing the joy of simply being alive. While the breeze wafts away our worries, my dear friends, I offer you my stories from my open heart to yours with the hope that it will inspire you to tell us your stories. How beautiful. Mm. Oh, and we've, my we've lost dear, that. What did you say? We've lost that along the way and we need to reclaim it. Yes, you mean we've lost the ability to listen to each other? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yes, computers, yes. television, all that's taken the place. Exactly. Well, Agape, I want to thank you for bringing us that Greek feast. <laughs> oh, I know. That makes you hungry, doesn't it, oh, Paula? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, let's hope we'll all have a heart picnic at the Ignite the Conference to do it conference. I hope we will do that. Mm. Have you ever, a uh, really quick question, have you ever taken or thought about taking people on a spiritual trip to Greece? Yes, yes, definitely. We're going to do that. I'll take them to Santorini. Oh, I'll <laughs> count me in. Count me in. I will count <laughs> you in. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Agape. Thank you for your wonderful time and your your beautiful, beautiful interview and questions. And I just send you my love from here, and I look forward to seeing you in San Jose on the 17th. And a big blessings to the listeners. Please log in at my website, unbindingtheheart.com, and please order your book from the Amazon. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been a real pleasure for us to have you. Thank you so much. Blessings. Unbind our hearts. Yes. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So what we can do is talk a little bit about the conference that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. It's, uh, so it's going to be in San Jose on March the 17th and 18th um, at the San Jose Center for Performing Arts. Um, Hay House is, of course, as you know, the international leader in self-help and motivational um, publishing. And the conference is called I Can Do It, Ignite. And um, Louise Hayes will you know, be there with Wayne Dyer and... And many other um, I mean, speakers. I, I've never, I've never seen so many great speakers in two days before under one roof. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Let's yeah. um, see, Tom Shaviak, and he'll be with us. Um, 
Is it next week? Yes, um, yes. Yeah. And he's, a, yeah. He's a director um, for Bruce Almighty and many other good pictures, I mean, moving uh, motion pictures. And he's uh, directed, uh, uh, what's it, uh, Carey, Jim Carey's movies. Um, so he's going to be an incredible interview. <laughs> well, <clears throat> okay, you're in for a treat. And uh, let's see, again, uh, let, oh, Paula, let's see, I was going to say how they could connect with uh, maybe picking up tickets if they want to, huh? I don't know. We're going to have to uh, post that on our uh, website our somehow. Website. But if yes. they Center for Performing Arts, I'm sure we'll have the information. And... Um, and go to that website, and it'll be there. And, again, the conference is called I Can Do It, Ignite. And um, I'm sure they could probably uh, get information on Louise Hayes' uh, website also. Yeah, in, in a changing world like we're having right now, this is so powerful. It it really, you know, it. well, this conference brings 27 transformational speakers um, ad- addressing how how will be thriving and and um and survival skills in a challenging world that that we're that we're uh, in the presence of <laughs> I know we have to learn how to, we have to learn how to sit still while the the rest of the world is <laughs> uh scrambling around us oh. I mean that's how I feel sometimes I just feel like um if I can just be in the now and uh not allow everything that's the chaos around me to uh, to shift my energy. And I think that's what they're all saying. Well, I love what Agape had to say. She said, I hold the ladder and help people up the ladder. And I really like that. That's just really supporting people in their lives. And that's what we're here to do now at this point. Everybody, I'm sure, can can feel this this energy. It's it's really uplifting, Paula. It's, you know what? It's like living in the moment, learning truly how to live in the moment, isn't it? Well, when Agapi was talking about um, listening to other stories and being heard, it reminded me of when I was a, a teenager in my hometown, and the, the, in fact, we were back. We went to my hometown a couple weeks ago, and it's the same way. Everybody sits on the front porch and just t- tells their stories. And you might have heard the story 10 million times, but everybody's sharing and everybody's opening up. And I miss that. We don't have that. Well, you know what? There are some stories, I have to tell you, in Agape's book that um, even the titles are interesting. Um, one title which is Chapter 11, is called The Invisible Map Quest. How about that for a title? (laughs) (laughs) It's like you don't really know where you're going, but you can kind of point to areas you're going. I I think, you know what, it's very uh, creative, some of these titles she has put in. (laughs) And, you know, I I think um, sometimes we think with our left brain too much and things have to be on time things have to be just perfect and um we went to a conference in los angeles a couple of weeks ago and uh, 
the Gate Community Conference that you and I went to. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what I noticed? Um, we heard afterwards that they had uh, lost the location, the original location, the, their venue that they had for their <laughs> yeah, big right. conf- for their big conference. And it was originally going to be two days, so they had they had to find a new place, had to pack everything into one day. And uh, if you noticed, um, we had a schedule of the speakers and, and uh, everything. And nobody went by that schedule. <laughs> and it was okay. I mean, <laughs> it went over time, and it was very enjoyable. But, I mean, nobody stressed out that things weren't the way they were originally planned. And I think that's the way we're going to have to live our lives, just go with the flow. Yeah, well, John Ratz really, <laughs> it, it was amazing how relaxed he was, isn't it? I mean, it, it yeah. really is. It was just beautiful and how everything did flow um the gate uh, g that was g a t e organization that we went to and um uh, it, it actually it was yeah well it actually it was uh again let's kind of reiterate a little bit what the gate organization was it's where all the f- people from film and movies got together and they were um Supporting authors. people, knowing how, yeah, authors how to write script for the movies to support humanity, and so it was, uh, it was pretty incredible. And yet, you know, like Paula said, you know, we were truly were everybody was just floating on the top of the waves. I mean, literally going in the directions they need to go. Everything kind of interwove. Um, there was a, some great guests. Um, oh, the host. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Suzanne Wang. Wong. W-A-J-N. Wong. Yeah. Wong. Was it Wong or Wang? Um, she and, oh, my gosh, I forget the name of the other host. They interwove back and forth. They were so funny. They were comedians, and she's uh, was the hostess for the TV program um, Buying Your House or something. And and she's a comedian. Anyway, she's going to be on our show. And our, our, yeah, she's going to be hilarious because she's funny all the time, constantly. She makes everything funny, and she just um, is recovering from uh, breast cancer. And uh, she'll be talking about that and how she had to get out of denial. She was denying it because when, when the doctor actually told her she had breast cancer, she was, oh, wow, that'll uh, make a good uh, uh, script for my comedy act. And uh, so that was her way of denying it. She had to really open up and face that she had it and actually ask for help and talk, her, you know, speak her story. And that's what Agape is talking about, talking your story. In fact, the name of the conference we went to in Los Angeles was Telling Your Story. Oh, you're you're good. (laughs) (laughs) So Suzanne, Suzanne, with her breast cancer, had to tell her story to begin to heal. She had, instead of trying to hide it or trying to make it funny, she had to actually tell her story. And Agape is saying that in her book. You have to feel comfortable with who you are and tell your story and listen to other people's stories. Yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of allows your brain to relax a little bit and and hook into your heart and allow it to be. Actually, um, 
I think Greg Braden even says our heart is really the number one brain. And oh yeah, uh, and uh, uh, what's the name of the group in Santa Cruz? Uh, the uh, heart math, heart math, ma- heart math. Uh, heart they math. yeah they they actually teach people how to um, get in rhythm with the earth through their heart, and uh, so it's very important. And remember the. Um, I called him a shaman, uh, Roberto Dancy. Yeah. He he uh, when he was a little boy was sent to Mexico because he was incorrigible. His mother couldn't handle him, so he, he he was sent to Mexico to be raised by his grandmother. And his grandmother would send him to the park where the older men would sit on the park benches, and told him just to sit on the bench and listen. Listen to their stories. And he said sometimes he heard those stories over and over again. But it made the person telling the story feel like they were worthy of somebody listening. So telling your story is where we need to go. We need to be open. Well, it's interesting because I I have um, Agape's book open, Unbinding the Heart is the name of the book. And um, and chapter number one says the tapestry of life. Look at what we're doing. We're interweaving back and forth, and we're we're seeing how the tapestry of life is is right before us, you know, and how our planet is lifting and lifting each other, and allowing us to see new ways to interweave with one another. So. Uh, and that helps the generation gap, you know, when you're listening to each other's stories. Because um, yeah. I, I don't know how life is now because kids are so busy going to soccer. And um, if they have time to listen to their grandmother and their grandfather. And and I think that's important. And then um, Paula, there's another chapter that I loved here. It was it was called No Hidden Agendas. Yeah, she talked about that. Yeah. And no hidden yeah. hidden agenda. I think that's judgment is right there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, and and just just loving the people around you and enjoying the time and like. You know, like Agape said, take out time to listen and just really enjoy the people that you're with. Love them for who they are and be, have gratitude. Well, have you ever been in conversation with someone or actually observed conversations, because I've done this before, where the person listening to someone else is so much into thinking about what they're going to say next that they don't hear that person. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I think we need to slow down and and enjoy other people's conversation. And Taz, do you feel... <laughs> I get so involved with what somebody's saying <laughs> on the radio show. Um, sometimes I forget that that I'm here to ask questions. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? I think that 
that the stories that people have are are so inviting. They they really are the blood, the life, you know, it's the flow through our bodies that we can hear how they've developed and we can hear how they've the paths that they've taken and the the um let's say the notches or the stops in their life that propelled them into directions that that allowed them to find new ways to support those around them and um it's really thriving i mean it's it's learning how to feed and support not only yourself but you know, you know bringing the energy of the heart back to a to an energy that you that no matter what you're doing in life if it makes you happy, it just kind of keeps triggering, and it gets better and better every every little uh, turn in the a road. bit of time. Yeah, it just it 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 just keeps compounding. It just gets more exciting. It just there is. It's like having a piece. Oh, a piece of candy, but a piece. A piece of something that you don't want to put down. You just want more and more, and, and pretty soon it it becomes the creativity of what you 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 are personally nurtured with. But not only that, but you nurture others as well, and um, it, it must nurture us. Even like when we do radio programs, Paula, it's like it nurtures us as well as others. Yeah, yeah, it nurtures us as as it nurtures others and we get so excited being able to find new ways to just uplift people give them a little piece of um uh, energy <laughs> a, well, we, a new, we, new frequency to be able to jump on during the day you know we we allow a space for people to tell their story you know my friend just got back from europe she went to Italy, and she said to me when she came back, I'm going to be more involved with my having lunch and with my friends and, and telling stories. She said, because in Italy, and I'm sure that the way Agapi was raised in Greece, people go down to where the um, the restaurants and the pubs are, and they sit around and order a glass of wine, and sit there for hours just talking. And um, I think in our rushed lives here, we don't do that. And I think that's missing in our culture, and we need to um, cultivate that more. That's a very good thought, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to, a couple of days ago, my friend said, um, I'm going to be by your house. And you want to have um, a taco or burrito when I'm over in your direction? I said, sure. So I noticed while we were sitting there talking, she was like looking at her watch, saying, oh, dear, I've got a lot to do. I better go. And that just kind of like destroyed everything. It was like we had to rush and eat. And and I thought, why are we here? (laughs) 
Right. Maybe to learn. You know, because when we experience that kind of thing, it allows us, oh, okay, you know, in the future I'll be aware of this myself and... Right. And also, well, but not having any judgment about it, just allowing it to be, because maybe that was a teacher in itself, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I'm guilty at it myself, because I will procrastinate calling someone on the phone, because I know it's going to be a long conversation, yeah. and I'm thinking, I don't have time to do that, so I don't call them. Yeah. So, what is a 30 minutes to 45 minutes out of my life to be able to listen and talk on the phone to someone. So I'm as guilty as the next guy. <laughs> but again, I kind of wonder if we're, excuse me, <clears throat> but I kind of wonder also if we're, you know what, we had that energy that we wanted to call them. And it's like, oh, I just have a spot of time. I just want to just hear your voice, you know what I mean? And um, I'm sending some... Oh, you mean... Some, are you there? <laughs> Put some ground rules in there, you mean? <laughs> well, it's kind of like, yeah, I wanted to talk to you, and I had, you I know, know what, I had this imprint that I wanted to call you. And, and I don't they, have that much time. <laughs> and I don't have that much time. Yeah, but you know what, I just want to just let you know how much I love you, and, I, and um, I'm so glad you're in my life. And I just wanted to send some love energy to you and, um, you know, maybe take a few more minutes or whatever and say, okay, you know, i got to go. I wish I didn't have to, but this is how, you know, whatever it might be. And just allow yourself that freedom to be able to say, okay, you know what, I just really do want to make a connection and and um, make sure you're okay. Make you know, Maybe there's a spot of time where you can be able to support them, and, and it won't be necessarily at that moment, but it'll be, in, you know what I mean, maybe throughout the day or, or the following day or whatever aspect of it. But for some reason, we're connected, you know, just momentarily. You go, man, I really feel like I need a connection with this person. So, again, you know. Yeah, you have a point there. But um, well, we, we want to let – and we want to let uh, – Everybody know that Agapes has a website on uh, www.onbindingtheheart. And she also has another one, which is very interesting. If you uh, study the, uh, uh, it's called the Seven Goddesses. So the sevengoddesses.com, and it talks about all her studies about the gods and goddesses in Greece. So that's a really interesting website also. I'm going to let you go, Tess, so that you can um, say goodbye to everyone. Okay, and um, thank you, everybody, for being with us. Um, we had a great time. With Thank you for also connecting with us throughout the week. And um, have a terrific one yourself. And Paula, goodbye for now. Yeah, goodbye. All right. <laughs>